this business here. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 400. For goodness sake, it's 400. It's a milestone, or that's what they call it. I've got lots of facts about 400. This is the post-Messa one. It also happens to coincide. If you've been uh, maybe not around for a week, you'll notice that uh, we've had Music Messa, which has been a very uh, high-yield set of videos for a Music Messa. A few facts and figures, episode 400. Uh, basically, if you listen to every single episode of Sonic Talk, you could do 16 to 17 days straight with no sleep. Or uh, 50 working days worth of podcast. If you start tomorrow, you'd be finished by the 3rd of July. That's Monday to Friday, eight hours a day, you know, just sort of proper. So there'd be no kind of uh, health and safety issues there. Um, so, yes, if you fancy listening to them all, then uh, be my guest. I mean, I know that many of you already have listened to some of them, at least. So I want to say thank you very much for that. And also thank you to our sponsors. Uh, currently, we're being sponsored by Isotope. Uh, more from them later. We have the winners of a competition uh, to win Iris 2. And we've got another giveaway this week as well. Uh, so do stay tuned. Anyway, back to uh, the here and now. Uh, I'm joined by... Uh, a a panel of guests who I think will have plenty to say on the subject of the um, just past music mess because there is really no agenda. It's just kind of what do you think? What happened? You know, what did you like the look of? So we'll start. Uh, we've also got a uh, double mark week. I'm just going to do a flip, a flip, 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 flip. So we'll start with Mark One, which I think is fair to say, being the first perhaps to join the podcast, probably one of our earliest guests, actually, Mark, aren't you? Mr. Tinley, Mark uh... Tinley. I think I am. Yeah, I am. I, One I, of. I can't believe it's 400. I seem to remember when it was like 40-something, maybe. That's when I joined, wasn't it? Somewhere. Maybe, something like been that. been doing it about six months, maybe, or maybe a year. Yeah, that's quite so, possible. It's astonishing, isn't it, how time flies. Yeah, absolutely. Long enough to grow I, a new moustache. Indeed. How are you, Mark? This anyway, is my, been... mag, my magnum look. Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> how se- are you? 70s, 70s porn star or... or uh, Someone suggested Ron Jeremy as well, although I'd, <laughs> I'm not. You're, mu- you're much better looking than Ron Jeremy. Yes, yeah, I don't know about oh, the rest oh, no. of you, but you know the moustache is probably somebody, equal proportions. When somebody said that, I actually googled Ron Jeremy just to sort of look, and actually, when he was a young man, he was quite, uh, quite a sort of a, you know, a, a, quite a looker. I don't know what he was. <laughs> he was whatever quite, he was. Quite the yeah. dude. Yes. He didn't look like he does now anyway. No, he but no, it's doesn't. kind of extraordinary that he's still doing that particular job. But anyway, we how am say... I? I'm well. Yes, I'm well. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm let's... not Rod Jeremy. No, let's let's maybe what we should do is kind of veer away from that wormhole and just yep. kind of try and kind of steer it back <laughs> towards music. Towards... <laughs> but I feel yeah. it's only fair Mag... to say, so we'll start with that. Uh, there's Mark Tinley and there's Mark Doty. Mark Doty, of course, uh, from Bob Move Foundation, uh, and also he's over there in the States, in Asheville, where he mans the archives of the Bob Move Foundation. How have you been, Mark? I've been very busy, but quite well. Thank you. That's good to hear. I feel this much the same way. Much the same yeah. way. <laughs> but anyway, glad to have you aboard. Of course, Mark is not only known as his for his Bob Moog connections uh, in the foundation, also Automatic Gainsay, if you follow him on Twitter and check out his music, though I don't suppose he has quite as much time to do that. Also, a reviewer of synthesizers, much like myself. 
Um, well worth watching his stuff. I don't know what he's got in the pipeline. Perhaps he can tell us a little bit later. In the meantime, we'll go to any, 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 Robbie Bronneman over there at Robot Studios. Robbie Bronneman, of course, producer, composer, studio owner, synthesist, uh, musical director for Howard Jones, went on the road, which I think is going to be quite a lot this year again. How are you, Robbie? Very good, thanks. Yeah, I've been in. Um, I've been madly buying a duplicate rig because we've, we're going to we're building a duplicate rig to leave in America permanently. So uh, my house became like a bit of like a, a gear emporium in the last week. Wow, <laughs> that sounds interesting. But what happens if you want to change it up? Does that mean you've got to fly to the states to modify it? No, I we we it's very elaborate. I'm getting all the kind of exotic stuff that I need to here, having the acrylic enclosures built here and everything else we're sourcing in the states and then flying in three days before the next tour and amassing it and putting it all together so what could possibly go wrong and is that going to be your only rig when you get there if it doesn't work yeah the other one's already flown back you see because we've got loads of summer festivals and we're going to be in the states every month in amongst the festivals season here so yeah that is it, yeah. That is so. I mean, that's like what the you know the big, really big, you know the the touring, the big U two touring actually. Do you have an A and a B rig that would just leapfrog each other, wouldn't they? So the one would go yeah. on and get the setup, and then the so you're kind of doing that. That's awesome. It costs ten thousand dollars to ship it to America every time. It's just not really very sensible. Jesus, that's so, yeah. that. Yeah, no, fair enough. That yeah. I mean, yeah. To, there's yeah. really nothing more to say. Well, good luck with that. That sounds like quite a challenge. Um, but you've done it once, so yeah, what could possibly yeah, go wrong? It's just finding all the little things that you, you know, the little annoying things. Because because they're all white, the rigs, but it's finding all the exact same cables in white in the right lengths and all that sort of business. So yeah, it's been a little bit of a mission. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, my alarm was going off on my phone loads there, so I, yeah, that was a bit distracting. Well, I wish you luck, and uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Gaz Williams. There in Bristol, gazwilliams.me, bass player, producer, music technologist. In fact, you'll be seeing more of him, hopefully, on our screens, as well as your appearance on the podcast. How have you been, Gaz? <laughs> yeah, good, thank you. Uh, just, yeah, getting all the festival bookings are starting to come in now, so the diary's filling up. Um, I'm playing with a, an Afrobeat band called Matuki, Doctors of Rhythm. Uh, there's uh, a, a link in the chat room there but um so that's quite fun uh so we're getting but it's just a there's a real thing that um if you play set as a session musician there's this really difficult game of like when you take on some bookings then other bookings come in and then it's like trying to kind of stage manage so that they don't clash ah can you be in multiple places at once yeah Mm, which there has been some clashes already so you know it's um yeah you'll so have it's... to get them to provide you with a helicopter so you can just kind of Woo! wing your way about or maybe an a and a b gas like uh, robbie's done but uh <laughs> 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 nobody can replace you gas that's the only problem i guess <laughs> ah, but, um, yeah Anyway, glad to have you aboard. As we all know, it's been Music Messer. I mean, let's not... It's it's taken a chunk out. I'm, I'm sort of glad it's over, but I'm also glad um, we did it because this year was uh, quite a big year for us. We took, a little, we took an extra member of the team, uh, extra two possibly members, and we had... It, was, it all went very well, and we had um, sponsored new gear to work with. This was one of them. This was the uh, Tascam uh, DR70D, which we used as our audio um, thing. 
which worked really nicely, actually. And then we also had a bunch of uh, new mics, which were the Audio-Technica system. Tens. I'm not doing this to plug the stuff. I'm just explaining why maybe the audio sounded different and, and why, as you'll know, Robbie, you know, the idea when you kind of get there and you've got all this new kit to sort of integrate across four teams, you hope it's not going to be not all right. <laughs> And it was, it was all right, I think, anyway, as far as I can tell. So um, I want to say thanks to uh, all the guys in the, sh- in the team. That's uh, Rich Beach, Rob Hicks, Ed Butterworth, and, of course, Andy Mack um, for just making it work because that was awesome. But in the meantime, I, I know there's been quite a lot. You know, this, this Mesa was actually heralded as, you know, quite a big event because there was the, obviously the Roland Ira thing, which was the big, you know, Let's 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 just assume you know that was the probably the biggest thing in the Mesa world because usually Music Mesa does not provide the launch platform for a, a, you know some a large product. It's usually kind of you, you hear about it then you go and see it at Mesa because maybe it wasn't quite finished at NAM. But this time it was like bang there we go. Although I can reveal now that we did get a chance to see a little bit of that going on at uh, at NAM. Um, just couldn't talk about it and I, I, and so now. I feel sort of uh, it's great to be out from under the NDA. <laughs> I hate that that when that happens. But overall, um, I don't know what you actually thought because I mean, I know Robbie, you you saw a little bit of this, so I don't yeah. know whether um, you've heard any more. But there's been various videos and all this sort of stuff coming. In, in fact, I've got a li- I've got a load of videos kind of lined up that we can drop in if you've mentioned anything. Uh, because I, to be honest, the problem for me is I didn't shoot everything, so I don't know all of it. Um, so I did shoot the Ira stuff. What did you think when it came out? I think I think it was mission accomplished. They did a pretty good job of the launch, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I th- I, th- I think so. I mean, it just it just I just have a I have a good fuzzy tingly feeling about Roland coming back, kind of now to sort of you know feeling a little bit kind of excited about products they're going to be releasing because it just feels like we said that you know that they've got fresh blood in there and they kind of listening to what people want. So um, yeah, I, I, I was quite inter- I, I was quite into it all. Howard came straight on to me. He's out in LA at the moment. He came straight on to me saying, "Right, we're going to get two of these systems. We're going to have one each behind each of us, and we're going to do some live synth jams in the show." So <laughs> he was certainly excited about it all. So yeah, you yeah imagine- I think it's good. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I have yet to hear um, it fully, but just first impression. I don't know about you, Mark. I mean, obviously, you know, you're you have an analog kind of uh, persona to maintain, and obviously, some of this stuff anyway is a digital kind of aspect. But the thing that interests me, I mean, aside from the System 500 modules, which is an interesting move because it's not purely a Roland thing, is these little digital modules that you can pop in and and kind of almost tone print kind of extra functionality in it. That actually sounds quite interesting to me. I don't know what you think. I'm inclined to agree. I mean, I have not jumped into Eurorack, although I'm getting pressure from several companies that want me to so I can demo their stuff. Uh, Unfortunately, not Roland yet. But uh, yeah, I think one of the great things about Eurorack is the fact that Eurorack forces a great interface in the sense that you've got knobs and buttons controlling functions directly. And I think taking the digital aspect and putting it into the Eurorack context, I mean, I think it's wonderful. I think it's fantastic. And so I, yeah, it's all these new things coming out are really ruining my analog only like persona. It's kind of depressing, but yeah, I mean, I think it's fantastic. Times move on. Times move on. I mean, we just, uh, let's just, I mean, this is the IRA page. These are the modules we're talking about. Obviously they've done the system one M, which looks 
I mean, the system one, I think the probably the weakest part of it was the keyboard, and that's no longer there. So that's kind of, you don't have to worry about that, really. I mean, although it is going to take up an enormous uh, chunk of chunk in your euro rack and then of course we've got these modules we've got the bit razor which is i think a bit reduction and sample rate um sort of mangler uh, we've got the demora which is a delay which looks very interesting to me that's something that i'm very interested in scooper which is kind of like the uh what's it called that thing the the um oh scatter scatter sort of and then we've got the tor- torcedo which again is a uh, more of a, a distortion Oh, Gaz. I mean, uh, oh, that's not you're not Gaz. There you are, the Gaz. There. I, I mean, I don't know what your uh, what your thoughts are about that. Um, but it, it, you're not deep into Eurorack yet, are you? But uh, can you see a time yet. coming? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I, I mean, it's certainly interesting, and uh, something that's been talked about a lot is this idea that a big, big player coming into uh, into the Eurorack world, which was really, I mean, you know, pretty small companies by the standards of Roland. So uh, a big a big a big player like Roland coming into the Eurorack uh, world is certainly a um it's certainly a kind of benchmark in terms of Eurorack's uh ascension as like the the, the premium modular format I think yeah, would sure. be fair to say. Uh, but um and I also think it's very interesting that Roland are playing this kind of strange game of analog and digital and of course it in the the jdxa which i'm sure we'll talk about soon yeah. the marriage of 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 both of those uh technologies so it's a it's an interesting time um i was talking to robbie about the uh the system uh, the system 1m and just speculating about the location of the patch points being along the top uh, I'm wondering whether they would have been better along the bottom, the bottom uh because it's inevitably going to mean the spaghetti is going to dangle across the front um and well, the spaghetti, yes but you, yes, I, I, yes that's true but the, the intelligent spaghetti Atlantis, is, yeah the spaghetti is the thing that puts me off modules I'm really sorry I've had this absolute lifetime hatred of leads and the tingle tangle <laughs> chaos that my life is and you know and to actually you know to bring that on with a module lust i think you know mm. yeah you're not sure about that uh, well no. just, just also worth saying that all of this digital stuff is standalone desktop so it will work you know out of your app module so you don't have to yeah. necessarily um i think what they should probably do can you imagine if they, some some bright spark introduces curly patch leads for your system can you imagine <laughs> that would be awesome i don't know mark what do you think i mean i know uh you know it, there is it definitely feels like there's more of a warm fuzzy feeling for Ray. And, and to be honest i think that's what they were trying to go you know this isn't probably going to be a massive money spinner for them but it's about perception of the company i think because they were they were seen as as not quite with it perhaps 18 months ago and that they've changed that very quickly i think yeah um so i think it's about perception of your own working practice so i'm looking at this thing and i'm trying to visualize it in my workflow and one of the things i like particularly like doing is getting all my bits and pieces and kind of plugging them in and trying to make things happen between those bits and pieces that can't happen any other way so it's like and i've looked at when the system one came out i thought yeah that's kind of interesting and then i had that whole argument about it being a future doorstop well they appear to be addressing that and bringing out enough software 
along the way that it's starting to sort of look interesting with the SH-101 emulator the and the yeah. SH-2 emulator. And then I'm thinking, well, they've got these plug-outs, and then I discover that plug-outs are VST plugins as well. And actually, if I wanted to, I could run them as VST plugins and not even have a system uh, one at all. So I'm sort of thinking, well, that makes that thing kind of redundant. So, that's, But now where they've got clever is by having these breakout points in the box, which means you can run it in a computer or you can run it in the box, but when you run it in the box, you can do other things with it and then breaking out to analog modules. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. But then when I heard it on one of the videos, I was watching that and uh, and I saw the, I want the modular customizer and I like the scooper and I like, and I like what it was doing to the sound. It's kind of doing stuff that you couldn't do any other way as far uh, and not without more patching so they've thought about the, where they're patching and how they're patching and how they're modulating things to create new sounds in a new way so actually i'm more impressed than i expected to be i love it that they've made it so you can stick it in a euro rack and you can use uh, existing euro rack power supply or power rail you can just plug it into the euro rack power supply so they've kind of They've embraced something that's already there that people are already mm. building on. I think that they can. They've only added to the the whole uh, Euro rack thing. Um, so I, and and then in terms, of, you know, if you go back to doors, I was looking at front doors the other day. Did you know a new front door is like about seven hundred quid? Yeah, so it's very cheaper expensive. Than it, Cheaper than a new front door, so I'm quite impressed by that. I know that's a bit random. <laughs> so I don't know. Overall, I overall I sort of. I, I want to. I I want to get my hands on one and yeah. the four modules underneath, and then maybe think about, and maybe get that Tom Herb Euro Rack thing and put that in there. The sound hack thing, uh, the delay thing that he's made. Yeah, and, I, the, uh, the thing about I, the, I mean, yeah, the, I can see uh, my bank balance being. They're not. The thing this. is, they're not first to do digital. I mean, obviously, there's been loads of stuff. I mean, Harvestman have been doing yeah. digital for age. There's lots of it around, you know. And there's lots of the the there's uh, tip top and it's the make not, noise, and those people have been doing it. it. They've integrated digital plugins and analog, and in a really clever way. And I know that the mark of the unicorn thing can integrate CV gate into your computer, but you it 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 doesn't it doesn't just kind of pop into my mind as oh yeah i could sit down and just work through something and create sound with it they've done it in a really clever way they've looked at it and they've made it, it they've integrated the most important parts in the simplest possible way that's what what i think or that's what yeah. i perceive that they've done i'd have to try it yeah i mean i think we will have to try the thing the thing that's interesting about you know they're using the kind of tc electronic tone print idea where you could run this app on your mac on your ios tablet and i think there's going to be an app or is an android app as well that you could just design these additional modules there are six slots around the uh the the, the basic representation of a single module in the customizer zone. I don't know, depending on the DSP required, how they work. I'm not entirely sure about that. I don't know if anybody knows more about it, but I got the sort of lowdown. But Aveo wasn't the chap I spoke to, didn't have the final details on it. And that's the thing that's interesting whether those things can interact and the fact that you can then just squirt it in. You know, because essentially what you could do is have like a looper or some kind of little sample memory where you recorded the sound output from these modules and fired them from the sound from your other Eurorack module that was a sampler into 
into the preset. You know, you could have those, tra- depending on how long they load, you could load different modules kind of on the fly through sequence triggers and all sorts. I mean, it, it just starts to kind of spiral into this crazy, crazy sense yeah, but of that's where, that's But that's where it gets creative and yeah. where it becomes inspiring rather than just loading up a a version of logic and having a, a, a whole load of plugins in there and sort of that's nice but 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 sometimes you want to get hands on stuff yeah, and if absolutely. they've got if they've got the knobs right and and I don't know it just I can see myself using it and I can't see myself using a lot of things um, because it's well, invariably too complicated to plug something in and I just don't yeah. ever get round to it, and I make music on a laptop because it's easier. But if it, I think there's an element of it being inspiring enough that I think it would grab my kind of attention enough that I would want to. Ah, uh, I've just had it in the chat room. Uh, <coughs> kneel on the studio floor and mess around with it. You know? Andy Keys says you have to press, who I think might be AK Synth Jam, uh, have to press a button to load a new patch on the mobile. But anyway, I don't know. That, that, there's all sorts of possibilities there, and I think that's the mm. interesting thing. And obviously, uh, obviously, we've also got the System 500 mode. I, I don't know how you feel about that, Mark, because, I mean, that's uh, Maleco Heavy Industries. That guy makes a lot of modules for other manufacturers as well in terms of just getting the industrial kind of manufacture part of other people's design so he seems like a perfect what a cool guy as well i don't know if you've ever met him josh he's just like really i could just imagine him standing in the boardroom at some at high level at, at, at japan roland japan trying to kind of convince them this and looking just really scary to the to the inscrutable japanese kind of uh, top top of all of the so i just I, you know he had some great stories that i couldn't publish but uh, i don't know how you feel about that it's, that's going to be quite interesting i mean maybe well, maybe Hold on. Oh, you're talking to the other Mark. Yes, sorry. Sorry. Mark, <laughs> Mark, Mark one. Right, okay. Um, no, your video was, he, he was fantastic in your video and it was, a, it was really an interesting story and so unlikely. And I've been hearing stories from people who know Roland super well saying they're just not interested in moving backward. They're a company that's moving forward and they're going to continue to move forward. And of course I was like, okay, well then I probably have nothing to say about Roland anymore, which is sad because my first synthesizer was a Juno 106. But when I saw, you know, everyone, including you, Nick, started posting all this stuff about how, oh, Roland's getting into modules. I was like, yeah, it's going to be just normal, you know. But then when I saw that it was these remakes, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, that's totally insane. And now I'm interested because it's like, okay, they did a wise thing. They didn't go backwards. They kind of stepped along with what's happening and brought their own heritage in there. Yeah. And I think that's really wise. And I'm excited. I, I really want to demo those things because um, they, they sound, they, from yeah. what I've heard, Well, one thing that Josh did say, and I don't know whether this was in the interview, but I remember him saying it, is the fact that um, they they didn't want him to copy it exactly. They wanted him to take it and make modifications because that would then be okay with the kind of company philosophy and it wouldn't kind of cause problems with the sort of we have to modify rather than just completely re-release. I I don't know about you, Robbie, but uh, people say that the System 100 and the System 700, if they make any 700 oscillators and filters, are really sound fantastic. And the stability of those oscillators and all those things are, are, are quite quite interesting and also each of them has like six modulation inputs on fate i mean just the amount of the stuff that you could do with them is really quite interesting i thought i thought going back to what we're saying about the system 500 modules it's interesting that roland partnered up with somebody because i don't i don't ever remember them ever doing that 
ever kind of working with somebody with outside people really so it that again is another real shift in the company of you know of kind of being part, yeah. part of the community as opposed to saying that here's our latest product we think you're going to like it but we haven't actually kind of assessed if you like it kind of thing yeah and i think that's good because those they like you say he's he's great he's a great guy and he makes some great products already so that will already give really kind of you know a lot of confidence to people about the quality of those 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 new modules yeah absolutely i i, I thought it was interesting though that the the effect ones is it like three different ranges because they don't really look stylistically like the like the the system 1m and no. obviously they don't, they don't look like the 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 500 stuff so is this like are they running like three kind of parallels uh, uh, look, yeah so it does look like it in terms of looks doesn't it so yeah yeah, the, the design is slightly confused, but I'm guessing that's that's for a purpose. I mean, I don't know whether that is uh, the case or not. But uh, yes, that's 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 that'll be. It. And I'm sure there are going to be more coming. I mean, Josh wouldn't tell me, but I mean, I can't imagine you start that and then don't you know see it through. So that'll and be like interesting. I said, like I said to Gaz, if you're worried about the patch points being at the top, just put it in the, bottom, <laughs> the next row down in your Euro rack. <laughs> put it upside down. Maybe. Yeah, I was going to say that. Turn it upside down. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, but talking about the whole integration with the community, this brings us on to the JDXA uh, because the JDXA also mm -hmm. came out and this was trailed at NAM. And the JDXA is kind of billed, I think, as the next kind of flagship synthesizer. Mm. Uh, it's not totally, uh, but that's also got CVIO on it as well because it's got yeah. four analog voices. It's got the Supernatural sound engine, which I know digital seems a dirty word, but the Supernatural sound engine yeah. actually sounds pretty damn good. You know, in the, certainly in the JDXI, it sounded good, and that's lower spec, certainly in terms of the amount mm. of DSP. Although I was quite confused, I must admit, when, when they announced that the JDXI has 64 voices, but the JDXI has 128, yet is four times yeah. the cost. That's the thing that was kind of confusing me. Um, mm. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what you sort of thought about that. I mean, it wasn't perhaps the finest demo uh, of all times, but I'll come on to that mm. perhaps later. It's a shame, isn't it? The demo was just, it, it, you know, here's this really great instrument. Now, I, for me, that's much more interesting than, than all the other Roland releases for me personally, because I see this as uh, this new frontier that I'm really quite excited about, This 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 marriage of analog and digital in in such a way of you know utilizing the best of both worlds uh i feel i might have had a tiny influence in the creation of this because i went to a meeting with the roland guys a couple of years ago and uh, along with a few others and we were really pushing this idea at them and they were being quite adamant that they weren't going to go this way so it's quite interesting that they've chosen to do this so i think that they have um bowed to a certain amount of um you know public pressure <laughs> but uh, uh, a very very interesting synthesizer in many ways um the uh the supernatural engine which was something that roland invested an awful lot of money and time into developing uh, it features in this and but the fact that you can route it through the analog filter suddenly you think oh that's a lovely that's a lovely coming together of uh, of those technologies um i know some people are maybe not so enamored with it only being a four voice robbie <laughs> yeah but um, six would have made more sense wouldn't it <laughs> yeah yeah but but that's to sort of to discount just how 
great the supernatural stuff is so if you if you get into sound design in a i think the scope of the sound design on that thing is just enormous um uh oh gosh it's i think that's a really interesting thing for me the big thing it's missed out on though is uh they should have put polyphonic aftertouch on the board and I know we're going to probably talk about MDE later, right? or certainly I hope we do in this episode. But, uh, you know, other than that, I think it's a great thing. And it's interesting as a Roland product, you know, you've got the, the, the combined typical Roland um, pitch and mod, you know, sprung stick that I know plus some people two wheels, like. Plus two wheels, yeah. Plus two wheels. So, again, that sounds like they've done their market research there, uh, you know, because some people just couldn't get on with that Roland thing. But some people could, but they put the wheels on as well. And I think once you start to build patches up and because you can have all sorts of cross mod going on between the analog and digital world. And, you know, blimey, that is really exciting. And. No leads either. Yay. Well, so if you're going to use the CV, mm-hmm. you're going to get it. I know. Because, I mean, Howard uh, is famously, you know, been a sort of user of the, the flagship Roland synthesizers. Is this something yeah. that he's also thinking would be, have a place, you know, in his compositional? I mean, was he as excited, I suppose? Is, is it, you know, I, obviously, I don't want you to put words in his mouth or anything, but I'm just um, curious. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, He's very much, I mean, certainly for live now, I mean, I don't think we'll ever go back to having hardware since, apart from perhaps, like we say, adding something in that's for a specific reason in the show. Because, you know, we're just so geared up with main stage and everything, and it's just phenomenal what we can do with it. So on that aspect, I think that it's kind of a little bit of a mute point for us to to ever think about going back to having synths again, really. But... um, Certainly for the new, we're already talking about a new album and um, he just likes instruments that are inspiring to play. You know, he doesn't really matter whether it's digital, whether it's analog. He's not snobbish. It's just if it excites him and, and makes him want to write songs, then he's, he's all for it. So, sure. you know, he, and I think, that, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It, it? It's so easy to just go, oh, it's digital, it's crap or whatever. I mean, it's just there isn't really a right or a wrong with any of this stuff. It's just, it's just finding instruments that inspire and, and fit into our workflow, like, like Mark already said. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to look at it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not, it's not what I'm particularly looking for. I'm after a, I'm after a full-blown um, analog poly. So I'm ah, the most. Well, it's funny you should, funny you should say that. Uh, maybe we'll come on to that. The, well, after yeah. this, after this short yeah. message from our sponsors, perhaps we'll talk about that. So uh, obviously, we want to say thank you to uh, our sponsors. Uh, isotope who have been with the show for a long time and we have uh, the competition winner to announce after this if i press the air, yeah, there we go of course we're talking about iris 2 from isotope 11 gigabyte sample library comes along with this but it's also a massive synth- software synthesizer engine in its own right we've got uh, oops, turn that up a little bit uh, multi-mode master filter Masses of modulation potential. You can see the animations there. We've got eight, uh, five LFOs, five envelopes, plus eight macros as well. Uh, the flexible modulation system that that is, and not only that, we've got the spectral analysis and the spectral uh, selection tools that you get with the previous RS2 and also the RX technology. And there's loads of really nice actual analog waveforms in here that do sort of seem to come to life in this instrument. I must admit, when I've been playing with it, I do think it sounds very beefy. 
So uh, if you want to check out the Isotope Iris 2, then you need to go to isotope.com forward slash iris, and there's a 10-day demo. It doesn't come with all the samples, but you can play around with it and drop your own in there as well and get a flavour for it and see if it's for you. So once again, we thank them for their sponsorship of the show, and uh, please do check them out. And of course, uh, as um, I think what it would have been 398, because we did a sort of... Sonic Talk special with uh, Isotonic Studios. Try try talking about Isotope and Isotonic in the same paragraph. It's a nightmare, I tell you. Anyway, um, we have a winner from last week. We asked you, or last show, uh, we asked them to tweet out uh, win Iris 2, quite simply. And the winner for uh, of Iris 2 is a chap called Fmod, at Fmod. Uh, and he tweeted hashtag win iris2 to isotope ink and isotonic state and he won so if he gets in touch with us then we will be able to direct the isotope ferry to fly over his house and drop the code down the chimney where it will mysteriously end up in his email inbox and he can then download it and have enjoy iris2 but we've also got another competition for this week um again iris2 and i figured it would be a good idea to actually have uh, a celebration of the fact that it's sonic talk 400 so this week i want you to tweet the hashtag sonic talk 400 that's sonic talk one word 400 in letters no spaces to at sonic state and at isotope inc and then we'll pick the winner from uh the entries via the uh massively convoluted but highly scientific uh, random.org number generator and uh another site which allows me to search for all the tweets so anyway i want to say thank you very much to isotope to enter the competition remember if you're listening in audio you need to be on twitter you need to tweet the hashtag sonic talk 400 that's sonic talk with 400 on the end at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And obviously there's uh, there's 140 characters, so you can easily add something witty or entertaining or abusive or whatever you like in those extra 400 characters. We do watch it and we do monitor it. So thank you very much for their sponsorship. So, yes. I think, I think you should have t- uh, whoever posts tweet number 400 should win. Wow. We don't always get 400 <laughs> tweets. No, I know, but this is a ploy to uh, have yeah. people tweet more. They could enter loads of times and then that is a good idea you can enter, that's right well that's actually not a bad idea you could enter as many times as you like and the 400th tweet if we don't get to 400 we'll go back to the original the random method. Yeah. generator there good call mark so can I say can I did yep. we, you missed me out on the JDX I'm, uh, I'm terribly sorry uh, which is uh, my, my only question would be whether or not it plays PCM waveforms because if it mixes analog with PCM I want it to be like a bit like a V-Synth and a bit like a JD800, but with the Jupiter 8 inside it. So if it's like that, I want to try one. I don't think that it's going to fulfill those particular set of criteria, no, I'm afraid. Uh, I am sorry. but uh, Does it have? Does it play back PCM waveforms and can you put no. your own PCM waveforms no, you, in it? Uh, you can't, as far as I can tell. So... So that's where all these things fall down. For me, it's always I want to like take the sampling world and glue it into the analog world and to do wonderful things with it. And that's you those need are Iris the too, Mark. That's the that's the way. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick. yes, Mark. Um, I know it's unlikely to hear me talk about the JDXA, although I do think it's really pretty. I'm talking to Matt Berry also right now. And uh, he had, an, you know, Matt Berry, like Matt Berry, Matt Berry. The, uh, uh, the voice. The, yes. Yes. Uh, he actually wasn't that impressed with the JDXA. He actually got to demo it uh, a while ago. And he said that the, uh, the writing was too small and that the analog was put through digital effects and you couldn't undo that. 
And he says that the knobs on the Roland were tiny and it wasn't obvious where the frequency cutoff knob was, which he says is unforgivable. Um, So there's kind of an alternate take on the JDXA. No, that's fair enough. I mean, I I did have similar uh, misgivings with the XI. I couldn't read the stuff in certain lights. So, I mean, maybe, although there was more backlight going on, I think, in the XA, so that might... uh, come up with that but i did want to come back to this because we did sort of trail the fact that there's also the modal electronics who used to be modulus uh they went crazy this now i mean we had the the 002 which is a a digital oscillator analog architecture massive expensive polysynth but they sort of topped it even more now the 008 which is true analog voice uh, with their sort of control system laid on the top of it and there is a sort of history to this but people got absolutely Total, I got. I think I got a text from you, Robbie, saying I've got to get one of those in capital letters while I was in the show. So I didn't get time to respond. But that, that's right. That looked kind that's of interesting. The most important. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited about that synth. Has it replaced your lust for the Prophet Six? Well, I, it, it, it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm on. I'm on the fence now because I was. I was ready to push the button on that, and um, I. I just want one great polysynth that's you know reliable and got a great you know a really good sound to it. And um, I, I do like the idea of this synth because it, it, it kind of, for me, is the best of two, both worlds. It, knowing the background and the pedigree of where it's coming from, you know, it's not been slapped together quickly in terms of the, the voicing, you know, of the actual analog side of it. But you get all that great engineering of their instruments and the kind of forward thinking operating system and all that kind of stuff. So it, it has got me, yeah, very excited. Yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, I heard it in the flesh. I mean, obviously, it's very hard to tell in that environment. I think I did manage to get some relatively clean audio from it at the show. Um, But it seemed to really pick, you know, pique people's interest. It's not going to be cheap. It's going to have to be more expensive than the the, the 002. Something like that. I don't know what the cost is. They haven't fixed it. They haven't told me what it's going to be. But because it's got a lot more analog electronics in it, it's just going to be more expensive to make. But, you know, there's room in the world for some things that some people can't afford. That's just the way it goes. I mean, you know, I did that whole thing with the Schmidt uh, where I had a nice 20-minute tour with that. And that was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. But then, you know, they're making 28 of them. So it's one of those aspirational things. I think that the 008, presumably they'll be making a lot more of those. But there's no reason why people shouldn't just because, you know, my daughter can't afford it it's crazy isn't it i mean i don't know how you feel about that mark it's you know it's good to see somebody do it just going for it you know yep we'll sell some we'll make it (laughs) i was yeah i was just actually talking about this today about how how, like price really defines whether a synthesizer is going to be particularly marketable because you know like people complain about the size of the keys on the Korg odyssey and i always say well if they had the bigger keys, less people would be able to afford it, and it wouldn't like benefit the market to the point where they'll make more in different types of like analog revival synths. So, I mean, it's certainly you know the price having something that is out of the reach of the average person or the average consumer is kind of a I think it's kind of a dangerous thing. But then again, if it's got all the features yeah. that the people who've got the cash, you well, know. Yeah. That's okay. But to be fair, they did also announce a 002 rack, which is way, way cheaper than the uh, the 002 synthesizer. It's going to be like 1,500 quid or something like that. And they also announced the 001, which is a two-voice synthesizer. Which confusing. It's going to be, yeah, I, that, I think the naming is slightly confusing. <laughs> but, totally got wrong, shouldn't it? Should have been, oh, I know. But anyway, 
Uh, and that looks so that's got so that technology is trickling down. I know, Gaz, you want to come in there probably. So, uh, uh, you are muted, sir. Rich Hilton special, yeah. <laughs> um, the pricing of the 001 is 1350 UK pounds. That's actually pretty reasonable, isn't it? Mm. And it's a ch- so that's very cool. So, the 008 uh, is I know a quite a bit about this because i've a little bit of background on it i'm not sure how much i can say about it but um it there is another person um who has kind of joined forces with modal and uh has brought along their design which they've been working on for many years that is so clever and you might have noticed that there's this multi-mode filter on the 008 and that's part of this particular person's design which is it 16 modes and it's like yeah it's, lots of filters mm, uh but also the way that the uh the, the way that you can modulate things is just so nice and so straightforward you know you literally turn the knob uh, you know turn the oscill- i think it's it you press you hold something down and turn what you want to send the lfo to and and, and you can just you can essentially modulate every parameter. I think there's no limit, or I can't. This right. So lots of lots, such, lots of routing possibilities. Loads of routing. It's just really it's phenomenal. But also, it's really great to see the uh, implementation of the sequencer on there. They've really looked at this whole buzz about um, the the comp- you know this growing complexity of the analog style sequencer and they've really put out a super uh, a super implementation of that on it too so yeah it does it, look it, nice it does look nice but i mean you know so i think uh the fact that the oh the 001 at thirteen fifty, which is putting it much more in the same ballpark as maybe the, the sub thirty seven. Yeah, I mean the, the people in the chat room are saying it's expensive, but it actually the sub thirty seven is not far off that, and it's actually paraphonic. Whereas the double o two, sorry, double o one has two voices, full voices, not a paraphonic. Well, voice. the Dominion, the Dominion's a similar price, isn't it? Yeah, well, the Dominion, I, I think, absolutely rocks. You know, as you know, so. Uh, but it's again, it's paraphonic, not polyphonic i suppose so there is but, a difference but again it's a, it's just very exciting and welcome isn't it that we're yeah. seeing this happen and uh, i'm really really proud of modal as well because they are based here in bristol that's right so it's like Hooray! and they've done this in kind of 18 months which is astonishing really oh, well well they've done it in 18 months but like gaz says that some of the background of the, the of some of the stuff they've They've kind of amalgamated into certainly the 008. It's been going on for a lot longer than that, I think. So, yeah. Yes, that's very true. I know. I, yeah. I think it's exciting. I mean, it's. I, I mean, I'm sorry, Mark. We're getting excited because basically, I can't think of many other British synthesizer manufacturers who are doing sort of true. And I mean, obviously, we've got Novation are doing it and, and mass mass produced, but they're still, you know, the base station two is as far as they've gone in terms of analog voices. So this is kind of quite thrilling. And again, they're just down the road, so we're hoping to get a look at this stuff pretty sh- sharpish. And the build quality of the actual units is really, you know, it's nice and solid. The 001, which is the two, this is really confusing, which is the two voice. <laughs> Is uh, uh, you could end up making a very expensive mistake there if you were if you were uh, weren't quite sure what you were ordering online, but uh, <laughs> but 
but yeah, it's 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 good stuff. I think overall. I uh, know, Mark. I mean, does any of that stuff? I mean, the, <coughs> does any of that stuff excite you? I mean, the interesting thing about the 002 uh, rack as well is it's got full editing capabilities via it's got a built-in web server so basically it's an html it and really quite responsive design so you could just edit it from some sort of tablet or whatever so you know you don't get all the knobs but you get from anywhere yeah pretty much you probably do it from somewhere else in the country or even the world if you plug it into your router that sounds like an interesting concept doesn't it could be um hmm uh I can't think of anything clever to say. So. Well, that's all right. You don't have to. I mean, that's fine. But I mean, th- I think the thing is, is you know, it's quite exciting that this is going on, and I and I, and I know that uh, you know they've probably got a lot more up their sleeve, but they're, they're going to be bringing out three products this year. So that was that was cool. And there's so, an effects yeah. board coming, isn't there? Isn't it worth saying there's an effects board and digital output coming for all that will be implemented for all of them? That's right. So you have onboard effects, and uh, yeah. I think probably USB streaming and yeah. that kind of stuff going on. So I guess we're coming on to the kind of any other highlights from uh, Mesa for anybody. I mean, I know, uh, I know, you know, some of you probably been following our uh, our coverage. We've done, I don't know, we're up to about have. eighty videos now. So, okay, well, let's start with you then, Mark. Have you got any highlights that you've seen from the show that you kind of would like to think? You know what? I fancy. I want to make friends. I want to make friends with that man in the pink shirt and the beard, Zynaptic, because that morph two thing oh, looks yeah, that absolutely. Is bloody amazing and i really want to well i don't want to end up trying it for 10 days and then go wow that was really amazing and i'm not sure that i want to buy that i want them to give it to me <laughs> well there's nothing like a bit of begging shameless shameless, shameless begging but, but the point well, is, well, you know, i'll tell you what because i know co- i know uh, you know what i've been for years and years and years i've been looking at this system called kaima capybara yeah, yeah, it, yeah which is I'm, a really powerful kind of morphing system and it's like I don't know, eight grand or something. It's it, I don't that much, but it's expensive, my, yeah. Outside the price range that I'd need want to pay just to make those kind of sounds. And this, uh, from the demo uh, in the video that you did, maybe it's these new blue headphones, but it, it just sounded really good. And the um, the kind of the transitions from one sound to another sound sounded completely believable. And the, when he put the symbol on the voice, it sounded like a symbol talking. And when he put the dog on a voice, it sounded like a dog. That was terrifying. I asked him whether all of his demos were so, so horrible. Yeah. I mean, cause they really, I'm bear in mind, I'm there with a pair of headphones on listening to it. And I'm going, Aah! Oh, seriously <laughs> impressive. Really... But, so, but uh, that for me is like the, my favorite creative area. So I'd like to like yeah, get no, hold of it and then enough. try creating, you know, real time synths that go through and morph things and do things. And I don't know. I mean, just morphing reverbs onto distortions and just also, I've got so many ideas for it that I, I don't think 10 days would be enough. And I'm not sure that I would. Uh, I might buy it. I might have to buy it, mightn't I? <laughs> that is fair enough. I mean, I think um, the thing that really impressed me about that demo specifically was when he just got two mixes and morphed between yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Just, I, I was that, like, that, wait, that's... wait a minute, what's going on there? That is, re- I think, uh, I'll see if I can find it here because I've got... No, I've... that is, that is, uh, I, when I hear something that's really going to do something, I don't know, I'm not going to claim to be psychic or anything, but... In terms of it, think when something excites me enough, it's usually a good sign. So all the hairs on the back of my neck went up on end, and I was like, "Wow, I've never act." It's you know, I like to hear things I've never heard before, and I've never heard anything like that before. And I was just like, "Whoa!" Yeah, no, that was wait cool. a minute. 
Okay, well, that's that's. I think that's that's a fair things, point. So, I mean, yeah, we did I, talk I'm about really it previously. Good. So, uh, okay, Mark. Um, in terms of what you heard coming out of Mesa, what was it for you that kind of, you know, maybe outside of the Roland kind of thing? What what <laughs> what did you? What, oh, was there anything? oh, I mean, well, no, wait, you, there was other stuff. Yeah, other right. than the apparently so. Thing? Uh, no, actually, I, I actually haven't seen a whole lot of what what was actually new there. And certainly, you know, when things are software-based or digital, I'm less inclined to, like, focus in on it. Um, I did see, uh, I think that I saw a Make Noise video about their Telharmonic module. Yeah, really good. That was there. And, um, I, I know Tony and we live right in the same town. I run into him all the time, but like his modules are, they frighten me, which is, it's weird to say, but I like, they seem very complex to me personally, which is weird. And I'm always hoping at some point I'll learn them, but I watched that demo and it was just like every single noise that came out of that module. I I was like, I want that. I want to be able to do that. I, I love that. It's, uh, um, it just had everything it made, all the sounds it made were synthesizer sounds that sounded like really excellent analog synthesizer sounds that I wish I could be making, which is cool because I'm, I'm so currently I'm kind of obsessed with additive synthesis and there are some additive aspects employed in that module. And I just was really, really excited yeah. about it. So are, are you going over to the, uh, the West coast then Mark? It sounds like if you're getting into additive, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> Actually, no. It started off on the East Coast, you know, with uh, Thaddeus Cahill in 1906. So uh, I could say I'm still sticking East Coast with this. Ah, uh, okay. I like your I like your style. Um, mm. Robbie, how about you? Yeah. Well, um, I I too really like that module because um, I'm a big Make Noise fan. I'm just looking now. I've got eight modules in my Euro rack here of them. But I've, I've had all the panels changed, as you know, because I can't bear all the scrawly writing. <laughs> anyway, but um, no, what, what I really like from the show is nothing particularly... Um, it's just a great idea, thinking out of the box. There's a British company called Pop Audio brought out this great pop shield, um, popaudio.co.uk. It's just a great idea. Somebody's, you know, re- reinvented the idea of the pop shield. You've got three different pop shields that just pop onto this universal arm so you can have like a metal grill a foam grill or a you know and they just snap on and off straight away easily oh, and they i use just thought that sets. was such an elegant idea because quite often one one isn't right for a certain singer and you end up farting around with all different ones so for 55 quid i thought that was a bloody good bloody good idea that's a yeah i like that a bit of innovation there we go shipping yeah. summer 2015 Simple. yeah well we are we we like a bit of simplicity it's yeah. always easy to forget that sometimes the simple ideas are the best okay yeah. gaz i'm ready for you i think we're ready for you now <laughs> right <laughs> just go and get a drink <laughs> what? um boss sy 300 looks right. a ace it's a guitar pedal but it's a, it, 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 it's a synth, guitar synth, polyphonic, and with no uh, pickup needed. Yeah, it just goes so, down the jack, which is, that's, mm. that's the bit, the really big sell. I think uh, it mm. was, a, a, again, one of those, one of those uh, situations where the demonstration didn't really kind of give well, us... Alex Hutchings... He's a great he's guitarist. Not, he's a great guitarist. Is that because it doesn't himself. work very well? No, it does. It does work. No, it does. Are it's you really sure? Good, yeah. Yeah. 
it's very good <laughs> because it's using a new engine and it's not sort of slave to MIDI. So it's uh, it has got MIDI functionality, of course, but it is able to um, do a whole load of. It's almost like an evolution of the GR uh, pitch yeah. to you know uh, pitch to digital, and then. A whole bunch of interesting stuff so i mean like in the demos here alex he's an incredible guitar player but he says himself uh, you know he's just coming to terms with things like lfos and so i think it's going to be an interesting product for them to market because guitarists are scared of synthesizer terminology and this thing just sort of like revels in that so uh yeah it did yeah. look quite complicated to program there's lots of sort of sequences mm. in that but but the fact mm. that you've just got you plug your jack plug into it is actually quite yeah. a big deal but then what was really interesting yeah. about also all these kind of usages of momentary switching and modulation and mm. what have you i think mm. the problem was with that is you know again it probably if you put it in the hands of a synthesist like maybe you or, or you guys you know that that kind of who's kind of spread across the divide then we might see some more interesting things I think, yeah, it, it, yeah, but I think it could be interesting technology. I'm really definitely. keen to get my hands on one of those, yeah. So um, I mentioned earlier MDE, and yes. I think this is uh, going to be a bit of a buzzword this year. This is that extension to MIDI that uh, the, the guys at Roly were pushing with their Equator synth. This is a multi-dimension expression, a multi-dimensional expression, which um, which is kind of important in terms of the we're seeing these products like the Harkin Continuum and the uh, the Linstrument, of course, and Eigenharp and, and various other ones, uh, which allows for single notes to be able to have multiple r- realms of expression right. without having to use the... Is that like the, the VST note expression kind of principle? Is it the yeah. same sort of thing? Yeah, right. it's a similar thing. It, you know, ordinarily, we'd have had to used up, uh, use up many MIDI channels per note to achieve a similar thing but being able to have it on a, a single channel and have this multiple expression i think is really exciting and i should mention just a uh, 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 something i noticed yesterday uh the parva synth something which uh the, the, this is the desktop synthesizer that we've looked at before this isn't this it wasn't art music messer but there was something quite interesting that has got that has reached its funding target on kickstarter now which is uh, excellent news but one of the things that they've announced as a kind of reward for hitting that is that it's going to support mde so you can imagine there a linstrument and a parva eight voice analog yeah very nice you know using and again as I was mentioning earlier, this is where I'm really excited. It's about this these emerging technologies coming together and, you know, the Trying expression. to form a, forming a standard. I mean, that's what we need in a lot of these instances. Yeah, a standard. Yeah. So then I mentioned briefly then about the Roly Seaboard. So I yeah. think quite notably that they would they had the I'm not sure when it was announced, but the 37 key version of the Seaboard, which was around a similar price, I think, to the Modal 001, around the 1300. Yeah. It's, got, it's got a sound engine in it as well now. So. It has a sound engine in it, and it runs this Equator synthesizer, which really is about exploring this MDE. Now, the control surface of the seaboard is certainly going to be an acquired taste and is yeah. not going to be a, a a big mainstream product i don't think but as a, a as a a product to explore this multi-dimension yeah no that's a fair uh, point 
aggression, I think is, is, you know, I think that's a very good example. I mean, the Lindstrument, again, is another good one. We've talked about this for years through Sonic Talk as well, that the iPad and being able to do, you know, lots of expression on the touchscreen was very good, but still not maybe missing. Nothing was tactile. listening. <laughs> yeah, it's missing a tactile element. So these products that are coming out, which do give you a tactile and, um, a certain amount of response, you know, um, feedback in your fingertips. Uh, once you're actually feeling the control of analog synthesizers through that sort of thing, it's mm. like, oh, yes, please, yes, please. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I should mention, I was very disappointed to see the lack of USB hosting. I did a little yeah. blog before the show saying I really hope to see, you know, USB hosting becoming the new thing that every synth and every digital product that comes out now shove a usb host in it because you know that's that, that just makes a lot of sense for me especially as we're seeing much to my consternation and anger the din plugs starting to disappear so at least if they are putting the host ports in so we can plug these kind of Class usb product, yeah. well and, all, and also frankly if it's got an audio interface you can shove your ipad in it and just feed the audio from whatever it is you know because there are yeah. some great instruments in that realm as well but yes i take yeah, your point yeah absolutely and this i think should be just you know Mandatory. Should be mandatory. Mandatory. <laughs> mandatory. <laughs> if you make a synthesizer in, you know, all the all we should maybe use NATO as an umbrella organization. All the countries that are members of NATO that manufacture synthesizers, there should be a, a, a bilateral agreement that means that if they make one, they have to put a USB host mode, otherwise they will be kicked out of the organization. Yes. I think you're right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. yes. Yes. We could use Mark, we, we could use music for good, Mr. Doty, couldn't we? We could use it for world change and peace and USB for for world world peace or something. Are you trying to get me to agree to put a piece of computer in my analog synthesizers? <laughs> yes. I'm not sure. Jazz, come on. <laughs> yeah, go on. Put it in. It could be. I don't know. I, I'll tell you one thing that uh, really cut straight out. Also, uh, Andy Keys in the chat room mentioned patch blocks, and they look really interesting as well. These little USB programmable DSPs that you can throw all kinds of stuff into and just make modules out of that takes it a little bit further again past little bits and that side of thing but more complicated so you've got a method of programming they look really interesting and they're very affordable i mean i'm going to have a a, tomorrow we're going to have a chat with uh, ed who covered a lot of the modular stuff and also rich the guitar side of things just to sort of round up from those two editors to see what they made of the show from their point of view so that'll be another sonic talk special but i tell you the first thing the one thing that really struck me and that, that felt like guitars at Mesa were completely plateaued. There was very little going on in that whole area, apart from perhaps the SY300, which arguably is more <laughs> of a synth product. There's just It just felt like there was really nothing to see, and I'm sure that's unfair, and there may, you know, hopefully that won't be the case. But it, well, guitarists are boring, aren't they? They are boring. They're stuck <laughs> in night. <laughs> come on. And <laughs> bass players, by the same token, they I suppose. No, they're not. Yeah, no, they're yeah, not. Yeah, they're yeah, not. Yeah, they're yeah. not. No, bass players no. are much more adventurous. <laughs> Bugger off. Oh, right. Okay. Well, well, but, but I mean, this, inter- this led me to another interesting fact, because the other thing that I felt, you know, and I think, you know, we've, we've mentioned this a couple of times, you know, a couple of the products we've talked about, 
just felt a little bit under-demonstrated, you know. And that's not necessarily the fault of the demonstrator. It's maybe more to the point whereas the manufacturers are not seeing that to demonstrate their products in a different way with people who are perhaps using them more mu- in, in more musically relevant ways will connect much more strongly with the, uh, the buying audience. Because, I mean, we had an office uh, just outside the plaza and every day for uh, eight hours there was somebody noodling in a kind of half-assed blues fashion all day. <laughs> Lovely. All day, all the time. And you just thought, this, this, this kind of was the soundtrack to Mesa. Well, wherever you went, wherever you kind of went. And there wasn't much, you know, because we've got some exciting things happening in Guitar World. You know, you've got the, is it Royal Blood and those kind of things who are just kind of going, yeah, just making really sort of visceral... Bass player, that's yeah, why. Yeah, you know, so, well, I suppose, <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. But there's very little of that reflected in musical demonstrations, generally speaking. And I think that's true across keyboards as well. And I think that's a problem that the industry is going to have to deal with, a way to make these things more compelling because they're clearly able to do these amazing things and what I, I think perhaps p- one of the problems that you get with that is the demonstrator gets it two days before they have to go to the show and they can't necessarily do it the best justice and I, I, and I think that's a problem I know and Robbie I wanted to ask you about this because when we first met you were demonstrating for TC Electronics so you've been that guy effectively yeah. I just wanted to kind of get you know, what what's that working in that environment everybody else off for those shows sorry I used to piss everybody else off because I was pumping out all these electronic things. I remember the first year I did one of those shows, I was actually opposite this very exclusive modular um, synthesizer company. Um, it was a company who, who was selling modulars way before it all became like really fashionable again. And they used to just look at me like the devil every day when I turned everything on. And start oh no, he's here again. So you you yeah, were one of those guys that everybody walks past the whole time, going uh, like me, going, "Oh God, I'm glad I don't have a booth next to them." Wouldn't that? <laughs> yeah, no. It was, but it was quality. It was quality. Of pumping. course it was. Of course it was. But I mean, in terms of what you actually get, you know, you yeah. get the thing. I mean, how much time do you get to prepare for those things? Because sometimes you get very little time, do you? And it's just, I mean, and I know you. You're a you're a preparation, you know, fiend. No, I did. I used to, I used to do a lot of work with that and teach companies like tc they'd get me the products you know quite a while before so i would make sure that i wasn't people you know turning up with a product i knew nothing about so i think it's really embarrassing when people just kind of go i've been given this half an hour before the show (laughs) kind of thing it's difficult and that's where it takes i know mark it takes a mark doty takes a, a special kind of demonstrator to be able to to kind of find something in there that they can make it i mean when i'm whenever i'm uh I can, it's that's clear i try and say that you know i say well look i know you've only had this for like 24 hours so we're not expecting you to know it inside out but you know what are the high i mean do have you found i mean because you review stuff do you ever get those kind of reviews when they go yeah we can send it to you tomorrow we need it back the next day kind of stuff um i've yeah, it, that kind of happened when i got the arturia mini broods like uh, they needed it back as quick as possible. And I had to shoot those demos so quickly. But I'm lucky because with most analog synthesizers, I can just dive right into it. If that had been, say, like the Pro 2, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say how long it took me to really, really grasp the Pro 2. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've been lucky so far. But, 
Yeah, it's tricky. I think uh, there just needs to be. I mean, in in some ways, the media are to blame and the market is to blame because it's like we've got this big event. We have to hit that deadline. <laughs> We're aiming for it. You might miss it, and you know there's something there. I mean, I think we saw that at Nam with the uh, Timberwolf, which was you know was just awful. You know, for everybody concerned because it just didn't do any favors and it didn't come across well and it wasn't finished and it just it just sounded wrong and it probably can sound <laughs> better than that and that but that happens across the board in many ways. I think perhaps with guitar products, it's easier. I don't know, Mark. Have you have you ever had to do any demo stuff for uh, for products? Me? Yeah. What about that synth I tried to review? Well, that was, that was a review rather than a demo, <laughs> I think. But um, oh god, and that was that was so uh, complex. But you know what? I, I mean, in terms of those review things, it this and this goes for like all uh, presenters in general. There's this whole. Uh, expectation that presenters are going to be very excited about everything and really on it and overexcited and exuberant and full of life and all this sort of stuff or they're not going to be interesting to watch and so uh, people I don't know when uh, you know when you're trying to present something you've got that in the back of your mind as well like oh god I don't want this to be too flat and too boring but sometimes uh Presenting the information is the most important thing, isn't it? So, yeah. um, and have I? I mean, yes, I've reviewed things and and done things in the past, and uh, but usually you get a bit and, more time. I mean, I think I think what I was. I trying, mean, even but even with that thing, I was reviewed. What was that thing called? I can't remember. The analog keys. That was so complicated. I had that weeks beforehand, and I couldn't make head nor tail of it, even with the manual. <laughs> Yeah, well, sometimes it does take um, a while to find a route through these things. I agree. I mean, I, I know that uh, Mark Doughty was the same with the Pro 2. You know, it just it takes a while to grasp them. Um, but on the same note, you know, the, the biggest the, – what do you think the biggest video of the show was for us? Just out of – you know, from what you might have seen. I mean, I know, you, Mark, you probably haven't seen all of them. But, you know, from a gut reaction, what do you think was the biggest thing that we shot that perhaps was, uh, was, was big? I don't know, Gaz, I'll t- you can take a guess first. Overbridge? That's interesting. Overbridge was quite big. Actually, that's also worth talking about at some point. But uh, um, it wasn't that, no. Okay. Robbie, any ideas? No, no, I'm stuck Uh, on that. It's interesting, instinctively. I know. Uh, Mark, I'll ask you anyway. I don't know. I'm going to go with... (laughs) All right. I love that, Mark. Oh, the wrong... No, no, so you carry on, Mark. I'll carry on. It's got to be the Roland thing, because... People were talking about it beforehand. Yeah, expectation. People were curious as to what it was, so they would have gone and watched it to see. I yep. could cheat, couldn't uh, I, and look at your YouTube channel? You could. It would take you a while to go through all <laughs> 80 videos. All so. And they no longer display the numbers on the playlist, so you have to well, go mate, into you know, each video. So, okay, I'm just going to say one of the Roland things. It has okay. to be one of the Roland things. Okay, that's interesting. Um, uh, have I asked everybody? Sorry. I've, I, yes, but, I think I think I have. Gaz. Gaz, sorry. No, Mark, did you ask you? I can't. <laughs> yes, no, I was asking you, and then, yes, I've got the wrong Mark. That's right, okay. I think you know what I would have said. In in my little universe, like, I saw the links to the Roland yeah. modules just everywhere, all the time, constantly. I was bombarded with it, so yeah. I would say that. It's interesting. It was, in fact, none of those things. It was yeah. the demo I shot of a chap called Sebastian, uh, on the Artoria booth with the Beatstep Pro and the eight uh, Brutes. Oh, the eight, the eight. Yeah, that was a good. That demo, went that. absolutely uh, massive. 
It was the big, by wow. far, not by far the biggest, but certainly the biggest view, and it's the most shared and the most because it was. I think it was because it was unexpected, and because his joyous demonstration of the technology was exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. He just got into it and did it, and everybody just went, "Wow, that's brilliant! I want to be him. I want those things. Yeah. I can't yeah. have them." Was he exuberant and full of life, or was he? No, not especially. He was just. He was just. He was just really into it. On it. Really into yeah, it. Yeah, just genuinely, genuinely inspired by it, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was the interesting, that was very, very interesting. Um, I suppose, quickly, we should probably say, uh, I mean, I think that's going to be, ava- they're still not available, they're still working on it. The Roland Ira stuff is going to be available in the summer, they think. I think the System 1M is, is it 499 or 599 US dollars? And the the Ira modules are going to be two nine nine, and then the System five hundred modules I think are two nine nine. Also, I'm not sure really? when they're coming out. Dollars. These I are dollar thought. prices. Sorry, Robbie. It's cheaper than I thought they'd be. What the the modules? Yeah, yeah. I thought they were going to be three nine nine. Yeah, uh, I might. Maybe I should check. It, you might be right. No, that's pretty, well, I mean, that's good. I, I think that's really good pricing. You could get all five of those and have a full, really really great little analog synth couldn't you modular synth for not a lot of money yeah i think you could I, although you'd need a big case because obviously you're going to be using i think it would probably just when it goes to row, isn't it? And, if you, i'm talking about the system 500 that is essentially a whole synth pretty much isn't it yes everything I, th- you I think it's missing the mixer that's the only thing that, mixer, they, haven't, that yeah. they haven't got but yeah when it goes to and um, when it goes to market and they've made a few and sold a few the price will come down by about a third, probably. It no, not do. a modular Reality. stuff. Might do. Modular yeah. stuff never go, never changes. It's like really? the Apple market. Analog modular stuff. It just is everywhere's the same price. There's never deals on it ever. We, Maybe uh, they'll change also, that. <laughs> we didn't talk about Bastel, and yes. they had an incredible show. They rocked uh, it. The Czech, the Czech, uh, yeah. the Czech Republic company Bastel, who prior to this, well, the last few weeks it seems uh were mostly known for like their little micro granny uh oh and, yeah, and actually they've got a range very similar to the, pat- the patch blocks haven't they that they, they've got these yeah. little pins at the side so you can connect them up um but they had all these kind of wood faced modules and also yeah a whole bunch of cool looking stuff uh as did their uh, dreadbox as well their uh erebus and their little um pedals that they were showing both of those companies small european companies producing some very desirable stuff yes definitely and uh, and what was interesting about them is everybody in the modular world was talking about it. i mean we should also say you know basically I, I think if you saw peter kern's create digital music he was giving out awards and he absolutely back got it bang on the whole hub effectively i think the sort of epicenter of the energy around the entire show was the schneider's Buero booth and because yeah. there was just it was honestly the whole time it was almost impossible to get through. There were tons of people there. There was a real buzz. There was all sorts of excitement. And I think that's possibly due to the Roland injecting it as well. But you know, it felt like it was really the whole show kind of revolved. Certainly, Hall Five, One, and Five uh, revolved around that little bit about that booth, and that was brilliant to see because he's a fantastic geezer. I mean, he's put so much energy into sort of championing the smaller boutique modular makers who some of which are now are kind of starting to make a bit of cash and kind of expand and kind of get a bit more uh, higher manufacturing amounts and stuff and that was really 
I hope he felt really kind of justified and rewarded because I think that was awesome, you know. And I think you know if there was if anyone deserves an achievement award, it's probably Andrea Schneider because he's just he's responsible for both sides of the Atlantic really because he comes to Nam as well and um and, and, and certainly this year did it and and one could say that there was a similar sort of vibe in the hall that he was in there as well that it wasn't quite in such a central position and that was really good to see and I, I think that was that was excellent so yeah awesome stuff. Um, I suppose uh, we're probably getting towards the end of the show. I should say, you know, obviously the Mesa coverage was uh, brought to you by our various sponsors, you know, and that without them, we probably wouldn't have been able to do quite as much as we did before. So I want to say thank you to Universal Audio, Loop Masters and Plug and Boutique, Cakewalk, Clark. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many times do we hear Do that? you know that? Yeah, you know that, <laughs> a lot. I think on reflection, it might have been better to choose something a bit more vanilla, but you know, it, you certainly remember it. Uh, TC Electronic, yeah. Isotope, Ableton, Tip Top Audio, Nectar, Tascam and Audio Technica um, for providing the hardware. So, you know, brilliant. That That's... That makes a big difference to us, and you know, a small company enables us to do these more interesting things. And also, Julia at, Julia at Music Messer, not that she's likely to watch this, just for looking after us as well. That was good. So, um, I think you know that's kind of probably it for this this show. I want to say thank you to everybody for joining us. It's been great fun. I know we had a lot to cover, and it was a bit free form. But uh, thank you very much, everybody, for sticking in with us. Uh, I want to say, uh, well, we'll say thanks to our sponsors first as well, uh, obviously, of the show. Isotope, remember, you can win uh, the Isotope Iris 2. Tweet the hashtag SonicTalk400, uh, 400 numbers to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And we will pick a winner based on it. But back to our current panel. Mark Tinley, thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, pleasure to have you and your uh, facial topiary, which has uh, given us a great source of enjoyment. Thank you very much, Mark. It's been a pleasure to have Excellent. you on. It's, it will be a, probably immortalised in this podcast episode because I'm sure by next week my partner will have forced, forced me to shave it off. So it'll be, it'll be, this, <laughs> that's it. It'll Do be it bit by She's bit, already, Mark. She's already ordered the razors with the shopping, so I've, you know... There's no choice. Take, take the middle out first. <laughs> take the middle out. Leave the two bits to the side. <laughs> well, take this out. Leave that. Just leave yeah, that. Take the middle out. Take so the, the bit reverse... under, your, under your nose out, so you've just yeah, got... Don't, yeah. don't leave the bit under your nose, whatever no, you don't do. don't do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Leave the no. other bits. <laughs> okay, well, I was thinking about like having the sort the full on wax thing. Yeah, that looks pretty good. That's, that's not a bad. That's not I a bad. Look. If it just it grows off. quite slow though. So. I think you could pull that off, Mark. Definitely. I, I should have mentioned um, the Jobo Music Flexion as well as something that I thought looked really interesting. I have absolutely no idea the what name. that is. I love the name. Yeah, Jobo. Okay, it was one. It was one of the synths that got reviewed. I watched the review for it, and it just sounds ever so slightly different to everything else so um so that interested me it's what it's on it, you've got a review of it it's a swiss company uh, and it was and oh it was a, i think we went to see them because it was yes this looks like it is this what it looks like yes exactly. Soft, it's a software thing right oh, yeah, yeah. and i and i heard it and i went hang on a minute that's doing something different it wasn't quite as hairs on the back of my neck as the as the uh as the synaptic thing but it's okay that's still well, that's worth I mean, checking I, out jobomusic.com is where you want to see that okay yeah i mean i want to i i love it when these shows come along and somebody makes a leap 
um, a, a, a leap forward, not 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 necessarily in technology, but a leap forward in the way things sound or the way we create sounds or or the quality of things. So like the obvious things are like the ADAT when the ADAT came out it was like whoa, hang on a minute, you can do that now. Now that's re- you know really clever. And the same with actually the the modelling amps and stuff like that. Um, so I'm always excited by leaps in technology, and that and the synaptic one seems like a, a one of those sorts of leaps Fair they've play. done something and this jobo thing as well it just sounded like a leap in the right direction for a i will have to check it out sound. that was one i yeah. didn't film so i'm i'm not aware of it and that's the thing with all these videos and me having to do what i have to do as well i don't get to see everything but anyway thank you very much mark tinley yeah you're very welcome and uh we'll just do a quick juxtaposition there which mark is it Oh, okay. <laughs> Mark Doty. Also, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you can find him at the uh, Bonmo Foundation, and you know, check what he does online. Automatic gain. Say, thank you for joining us, Mark. Oh, ooh, what's that? Uh, Leipzig. Is that a Le- is that a Leipzig? How are you getting on with that? Yeah. I've heard good things about that. It's 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 terrifying. It's one of those things. I'm glad wasn't handed to me and and had to do demo because it's like, well, sure, it's got all the oscillators and filters. Easy. But the routing is so interesting in it, and it's so complex. And yeah, it's I'm really excited about it. So you're so going to be posting? I, have you posted on it yet? I saw. I saw you. So, no? no, it'll be a while because uh, there's a lot going into the videos. But yeah, this is the next thing coming, and I I'm really excited about it. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to that, and that will be available on your is it Automatic Gainsay YouTube channel? Yes. Excellent. Yes. Well, we'll check that out. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us, Mark. And say, Thanks for having me again. I did see uh, Michelle um, at the show and said hi and said thanks and said all of those things. So uh, thank her again yes. for allowing you to take time out of your busy working day to, to join us. And uh, you're welcome as ever. So thank you very much. Thanks. And, of course, Gaz Williams over there in Bristol. Thank you also for joining us and also for uh, keeping abreast of what was going on. I think you've probably seen more stuff than I have uh, at Mesa <laughs> because you've seen the stuff I didn't shoot as well. So, But thank you very much for joining us too. Oh, my pleasure. And, uh, you know, congratulations on all that wonderful coverage, though. I mean, it's not easy to do. And I thought mm-hmm. that, you know, you did a terrific job, you and the team, obviously. Uh, and I thought that because I know you were using a new system for making their audio uh being able to separate the audio and i think that that was really good it was great to hear some of those things kind of up close and personal so yeah congratulations on that no problem thank you very much gaz and also uh robbie bronneman over there um thank you very much for joining us too uh it was it's been a pleasure to have you and your insight also no problem it was fun fun as always good stuff right so um before we go just a reminder um we're going to do a little nam sp- a mess of special like we did off nam with uh, both richard beach and ed butterworth who covered guitars and modular stuff so we'll have a sort of more tightly focused thing on the stuff that they saw too and of course we'll be in about next week i think next week if everybody can make it we're going to take a look at sort of group review of the blue mofi headphones so if you want to hear what we all think about them check that out in fact i in fact i didn't yes of course there's gaz is wearing a pair and mark was too though mark now if i do the juxtaposition it doesn't work quite so well <laughs> mark was there but anyway but so so oh yeah robbie's got is that a pair too yes and I, my pair are not here at the moment but anyway that's it for this week thank you very much for watching i think what i was going to do is try and play out with a little bit of uh the artoria uh piece that we shot just because it was you'll see what i mean about the energy so i'll play a little bit of that and then we'll fade to black and that that'll be that so thanks every everyone that's it for this week <laughs>